One gift that never gets returned? Trick question. It's three gifts, beer, wine, and spirits. And with Drizzly, you can send the gift of drinks right to your loved one's doors. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and holiday spirits, then get them delivered right to that lucky someone's door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly is giving customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code JINGLE at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. Ich warte seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt, als wär's sein Rhythmus, als gäb sein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Hallo und willkommen zu einem very special Bundesliga gegen Pressing Podcast. Ja, um, yeah, zum Big news today coming out of Munich and um, we'll, we'll do something a bit different this week and have a, a short segment gegen pressing podcast out. Carlo Ancelotti has been fired. Um, Chris, you know, there's Chris Williams here, of course, joining me as always. Chris, this has been um, quite a crazy day for the, the two of us because of this, but what a day in Munich. Um, just to rattle this off real quick, this is the earliest firing in Bundesliga history for Bayern Munich. Uh, previously, Jupp Heynckes, 1991, October 8th. So this is a new record. We thought Ancelotti would be in trouble, but certainly not this early, right? Well, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it a lot, haven't we? Uh, last season and this season that... Bayern haven't been playing particularly good football. And you know, we both thought that this would be Ancelotti's last season. I, I sort of thought, you know, and this was me being with a bold prediction, Manu. I thought that he might go in December. Uh, I mean, you're quite right. You've mentioned this is the first second at such an early point for ages. And, you know, you thought it would take that familiar trend where they do, where they get towards the back end of the season before they make the decision. But, yeah, this is, I've said it a lot of times today to a lot of people. Um, it's a shock but it's not really a surprise, mm. but it still is. I think it is a shock because it's come so early. This is not a quick, not a club that does quick firing decisions. And from what I've heard from um, circles from Bayern, this decision, decision, this decision was literally made today. You know, they, yeah, they, during the, the the crisis interview, yeah. and that sounds just like. Um, Thomas Tuchel's firing from Dortmund, doesn't it? Where, you know, oh, we're going to go into this meeting open-minded and what? All of a sudden he's tweeting that the meeting's lasted, you know, was it 15, 20 minutes and, and he's been fired. So, yeah, and, you know, we had some rumblings about um, a few players not very happy, but um, Honus has come out and, and actually said that this evening, hasn't he? <laughs> um, you can't yeah this is an actual quote by Hernes and I heard this um we were on WhatsApp chatting about what an hour ago and I told you that key players have gone to uh Hernes and Rummenig and said we can no longer work with him Robin of course with that big statement last night or the big non-statement I guess and then Hernes has just come on FFH radio and said um and I'm translating here you can't have the most uh, prominent players in your squad against you. Um, furthermore, Hunes says, 
in my life, I've, there is a, a saying that I've learned um, to value. You can't have the enemy in your own bed. That's why we had to act. Wow. <laughs> you can't have the enemy in your own bed. Yeah, um, yeah, that's uh, wow. Yeah, and if you contrast that, you know, just before um, we started to pod, um, Ancelotti tweeted, hasn't he, uh, that it's been a great honour to form part of Bayern's history. I'd like to thank the club, the players, and its amazing fans. Um, I, maybe he hasn't seen that interview yet, or that might not have been as um, succinct. I would think. Hoeneß mm. is Hoeneß uh, doesn't. He says how it is, right? Um, and I think you will not get uh, a polite answer out of him if he feels things haven't gone the right way. Um, and he, he says in this interview as well, the, the fact that in the last five days, Ancelotti had alienated five key players. Um, I knew of four of them. The fifth one is Coman. The, the other four are... Robin, Ribery, Müller, and Hummels. Um, that is quite a clique of players to have against you, you know. Müller at least played yesterday. Um, so that, that was some of a surprise. But Robin, Ribery were benched. Boateng was not even in the squad, Chris. So I think we could add him to the number six, right? Yeah. I mean, when, when the pair of us saw that lineup, we were shocked, weren't they? I did some, uh, I did a little Q and a with ESPN yesterday. Um, and I wanted to change my, um, I wanted to change my score prediction after I saw the lineup, um, uh, because I didn't think he'd go. You don't really have a weak team, uh, at Bayern Munich cause you've got the likes of, um, Vidal and Lewandowski, obviously, uh, but, and, and Sula obviously started as an exceptional player, but it was, it almost felt like he played a weakened side for no reason. So yeah, the lineup. I mean, some of them have, have it down as a four-three-three. I've also seen it as a four-two-three-one, and there wasn't very much width in that lineup. So the the lineup that kicker had was Hamas, Lewandowski, Müller up front, and then Vidal, Thiago, Tolisso um, in a three-man midfield. Um, the problem I had with with this is that you know. All of these players, they all look at the center of the park. Müller, of course, is a Raumdeuter who likes to play right behind a striker. Hamas is a number 10. Thiago is a number 10. It was an odd selection, right, Chris, that didn't offer any width. No, and you look at the bench. Um, Ribery, obviously, we know who can play on the left. Robin, who can play on you know either side. Well, the pair of them can play either side. But all these wingers are on the bench, which I just found... Weird. And then you look at who um, PSG play with. You've got Mbappe, Neymar, both like to get wide. Um, Alves goes up, you know, you can from attack from the back as well. Even Silva as a centre-back can drag out wide if he's getting cover behind. So it just seemed, well, it took, what, two minutes, didn't it, um, before Danny Alves did get forward and score a goal. So his the because Ancelotti chose to go very narrow, they were torn apart inside um, 120 seconds, which I think we all took a sharp intake of breath because I think we knew what was coming after that, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And um, it's funny that you mentioned that my score prediction for this game was actually 3-0. I just felt that PSG have the better side. And um, 
I had a very different lineup for this game, so I didn't get it all right. But I just, you know, um, he didn't make himself any favors. And when they went up 3-0, I was, I was actually worrying that my score prediction would be wrong because I expected at 3-0 that would be 4-5-6. And, you know, you look at the possession stats, I think at one point Bayern had 67% possession, but that possession meant nothing in this game, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, you, it, it's what you do with the ball. And, and, you know, you described it in your match report last night as like handball, didn't you? With the ball just going across the box and not doing anything with any sort of penetration. And, and that's what it was. I mean, you can have, you know, 60, 70% possession, but if all you're doing, if the ball's just going sideways and backwards and occasionally going forward, that that's no good. I mean, look, PSG have won 3-0 with, you know, less than 30% possession. So that shows you, as long as you use the ball effectively, it doesn't really matter how much of it you see. Yeah, but you know, the result is one thing. And I think um, it's pretty safe to say, we, I expected that they would lose this game. And, you know, the track record for, it's a funny track record between Bayern and PSG that the home team always seems to blow out their away team. So I, I nothing is lost in that group stage. And, you know, finishing second doesn't really mean anything. We've seen that in the, in the past. Real Madrid won the Champions League, despite the fact that they finished second. And... So I thought, you know, they're going to lose this game and um, they're going to keep going with Ancelotti. But then I guess what's really happened is it, that selection, not the loss, but that selection. And I think the way he reacted to the to the, the criticism of the selection, um, possibly today in that meeting, uh, I could see him go in and say, I select the team. It's my decision how I select the team. And I felt this was the right decision. Um, it's... It's a tough sell, though, when you when you looked like that. And, you know, Rummenigge said this is not the way Bayern want to be presented. Um, they want to be in the top level. And, you know, in the past, we have always said that Bayern are one of those three big clubs in in Europe, you know, along with Barcelona and Real Madrid. I, it's pretty safe to say that they were knocked off that throne last night. Yeah, and, you know, Pep Guardiola was doing exceptional work. And, you know, they won the Bundesliga and they're playing fantastic football. But Ancelotti was brought in because they haven't won the Champions League. And, you know, he's got um, he's got history in the competition. He's been able to win it with a star-studded team. So I think that's why he was brought in. Last season, you know, they were dumped out, although it was a bit of a hard luck story. But, you know, you make your own luck. They were dumped out of the quarterfinal stage. Um, then they went out of the Pokal at the semifinal stage, upturned, you know, in their own backyard by an, an excellent Dortmund display. I was there. I saw it firsthand. It was a fantastic display. They sort of blew Bayern away at parts. Um, and then, OK, yeah, so they've won their fifth Bundesliga on the trot. Well, that's that's the minimum, really, for Bayern Munich is to win the Bundesliga um, they're looking for the Champions League and it was evident that he couldn't do it last season and I I think you're right, it's the selection that killed him yesterday uh, I think if he's gone with his strongest 11 and they get beat 3-0 everybody can take that on the chin but if you look into the side and you've got Hummels and Robin and Ribéry and you're not really doing anything when your whole game plan goes out the window after two minutes Um it just seemed like for me when I was watching that Bayern rolled over and there was mumblings he could he could go today. Um, I didn't think it would happen though. You know, it's 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 odd, isn't it? But now they look like they're gonna they're just gonna stay with Willie Sanyol for a while. 
Um, and then who comes in? Is it Thomas Tuchel? Because I don't think Julian Nagelsmann's ready. I think he would suffer a lot of teething problems. He's only young himself. He needs to develop and he needs to build his own portfolio of, of managerial you know, credibility first before he jumps. Um, I don't think he can do his learning and his development at Bayern Munich. He needs to do that somewhere like Hoffenheim. That'd be the perfect club for him. But, you know, does Thomas Tuchel come in and, and maybe act as a transitional manager for, what, two, three, maybe even four seasons? Yeah, Tuchel can only do three seasons. I think he's a project manager. He's he's the German version of Pep Guardiola. And I, I think it is going to be Thomas Tuchel. Um, I have some reservations about that because I feel that his personality... We started at Dortmund, you know, the, the big personalities and Thomas Tuchel, that's not a happy marriage usually because he is such a big personality himself. And tactically, I still think tactically he's maybe one of the best coaches in the world. The, the, the things that he has made the Borussia Dortmund, the way he has played with Borussia Dortmund last season was fan- fantastic at times, but he's, um, he lacks apathy i've heard you know he doesn't he doesn't doesn't really care about personal stories of players he doesn't um doesn't have a very good link with management um and i can just see him i can see him tactically being on that same level than any top coach but in terms of personality in terms of how he wants to reform only the way he deems reforms to be right he wants to turn over clubs and this is what Bayern need right now they need a reformer because Robin and River are 33 and 34 you know that they need to reform the club there needs to be a changeover and he will do that and he will run through walls and that could be a good thing but given all the big personalities in Bayern that are that are in Bayern you know Hoeneß, Rummenigge Breitner in the background, Stefan Effenberg, Oliver Kahn saying this. It's um, it's a tough place to go in, and I could just see him etching or you know hitting barriers and um, being on the edge all the time. I wrote in the article that I released on Carlo Ancelotti's firing today. Um, off the pitch, he will be like a Klinsmann two point zero because you know he will just push the club to do stuff that the club might not really like to do, but maybe needs to be done at the same time, you know, because Chris, Robin Ribery might be upset, but Robin and Ribery are also 33 and 34. They're not the future of this club. No, and that's what Tuchel will do. It will, it will bring, he'll bring an ability to develop the youth players, which, you know, we've been really critical of Ancelotti over the past, what, six months where he doesn't seem to be willing to do that. And you only have to look at, how Serge Gnabry came in and then went out straight on loan. Um, if I was Thomas Tuchel, the first thing I would do is recall Serge Gnabry from that loan, if that's even possible. That's what I would do if I was him to come in because he's the type of player who, not he can build a Bayern team around, but it would be a strong addition. He's only 21 years of age. He could come in and, and you know, you've got the other guys in there, but... Yeah, I do think that with the likes of um, Sula and, and Rudy coming in, um, you know, they have got a sort of spine that they can potentially build around, but they need the right coach. And yeah, Ancelotti wasn't it. But then if Tuchel isn't maybe the best you know, man manager is in, is you know, he's, not as em- he's not got as much empathy as the players would like. How long do the elder statesmen stick that out? And, you know, there comes a point where... Um, the older players eventually have to move on. And I, I think we we said, and you know, we've talked about this for Bryce as well, uh, who's on holiday, which is why he is in here, everybody. Um, so 
it's they're going to have to move on at some point. Um, and I think someone like Thomas Tuchel maybe forces that issue a little sooner. I don't think they you know get dropped instantly. What I mean is they get phased out at the end of this season. Where if Carlo Ancelotti would have stayed, I don't think he would have been as um, up for um, transitioning the side as much he likes established stars and then once again Bayern Munich have already said we're not going to pay 100 million for a superstar um, you know we think it's a waste of money so um, he, you've got that aspect as well he, he's not going to get you know millions of pounds likes had a PSG to buy in you know ready-made superstars he needs to be able to develop them and that's just not his bag but it is Tuchel's bag yeah I wonder about that though Chris because um Bayern in the past have responded uh, to crisis by breaking the bank. Mm -hmm. I remember when they missed out on the Champions League. This is this is a few years ago now, 2007, 2008. Wow, that is a long time ago. Anyways, that's when they bought Luca Toni, Frank Ribéry. You know, Frank Ribéry, of course, was still with the club. And they spent a lot of money for at the time you know especially in the market that's like hugely different of course now and i'm wondering um i could see and this would be everything we were in such uncharted territories you, you can sense i have lack of words for some of these things that are happening but we're in such uncharted territory bayern might break the bank over christmas and start the reform process now and i hearing names here julian trucks are being floated around second attempt at Alexis Sanchez, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, you almost wonder, um, that is that is such an uncharted territory. I mean, again, we have to go back to 1991, the last time Bayern were in the situation where they, where they basically did what they did now. Uh, back then, they actually almost got relegated. That's, of course, not going to happen this year. But you still get the sense that we're uh, in a territory now, in a territory of transition, with a club of this magnitude that we haven't really seen. And we don't see it with big clubs like that. I mean, when was the last time Real Madrid or Barcelona fired some a coach this early on in the season or any really big club? You don't get that very often, do you? No, you don't. And it's, it's, yeah, you're right. It is uncharted territory. And who knows? They may go out in January and buy a load of players because, you know, you've said it and we've said it for a long time. The only general point where German clubs go out and buy in the January window is if things have gone wrong and I think to lose your manager early on, um, things have gone a little wrong. Yeah, a little wrong. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's a, such a, it's an odd one. So I guess the, the, the speculation really is Thomas Tuchel possibly being the new coach coming in and um, clearing the house. Julian Nagelsmann is an option long-term. Can you think of anyone else who could step in? I mean, Willy Sagnol is the interim there has been talk, and I mean, this is something that I've heard um, qu quite a bit ago, that Willy Sagnol was actually signed in case something goes wrong with Ancelotti. But he only coached Girondin Bordeaux. Um, we don't know anything other than that about him and his coaching ability. He is a Bayern legend. He is in-house. But he is has assistant coach written all over him, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And, and would Tuchel want to work with him or would he want to bring his own people in? You know, you don't know. But... Um, yeah, I've read the, I think it was this morning UK time that um, once Sanyol was appointed, there was, that was the writing on the wall was already there then. Um, and yeah, for that reason, and 
maybe Bayern will not make any hasty decision. Maybe they will see how he goes for a few matches. I'm not saying they're going to give him the job, but they may be more willing to sit out for a couple of months um, if he can maybe get them back on track a little bit. And I think back on track would be some good back-to-back wins in uh, the Bundesliga and also a, a winning return in the Champions League on the next match day. Mm, yeah, I've heard, um, of course, his national team break next week. Uh, yes, you will say again, uh, but it is. And apparently, a long-term solution will be found during that international break. This is quote-unquote Oli Hoeneß. So we'll find out soon, Chris. Well, that's good. Um, and maybe we'll be excited during the international break for once then if we're going to have some um, long-term managerial news. And so long-term then doesn't sound like a um, a project. I mean, could they announce that Nagelsmann will come in three seasons and that Tuchel will steer the ship? But I mean, that would be revolutionary, wouldn't it? Announcing two managers. Um, I just don't think that Hoffenheim would be happy with that. And, you know, I, I don't think it's good for anyone. I mean, we're looking at, at what's happening with Naby Keita now. He's not having the best time at RBL because his head's been turned mm-hmm. and he's already signed a contract. So, you know, if something like that was happening to Julian Nagelsmann, it would be only natural that his head would start to turn anyway. I don't think Hoffenheim would let it happen. But I do think they see him as a long-term successor. But as I said earlier, he's not ready. And, you know, you can't do your development at one of the world's biggest clubs on the world's biggest stage. I mean, we've seen how he got it so dramatically wrong at Anfield in the Champions League. Mm. Um, he thought he could take Klopp on head-to-head with, a, you know, an exceptionally fast um, front three and he decided to go with a high line three at the back and you know they were torn apart so he won't be able to get away with that um, at Bayern Munich if he was to come now so I'd be interested to see what the long-term solution is yeah and maybe um, the last thing that we need to talk about now we have five players in the squad that basically rebelled against Carlo Ancelotti um, actually there's two points really first um Two of these players will have to be phased out. So the next coach is going to basically deal with the same stuff. Um, and second, Carlo Ancelotti was brought in because of his pedigree with Real Madrid and Chelsea and PSG and the fact that he handled these big names. So I, I've gotten a lot of questions on Twitter. Is why was he not able to do this at Bayern? And um, I think it, the difference is the age of Robin and Ribéry. You know, it's different than handling players on the peak than handling players and tell them basically in a, a nice way that, you know, slowly but surely we have to let the other guys play. And so I think that was just a different situation for him. He's always stepped into a made bet and, um, you know, steered a club to a title with a squad that was ready made for him. And I think this is very different. So that answers that question. But Chris, when you're a new coach, you come into the situation... Um, and you know you have these five guys there. It's 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 something you have to be wary about because those five guys are basically the five guys you need to appease right away. And it happens a lot, doesn't it? I mean, over um, over here in England, you only have to look at Chelsea, where they went through uh, a raft of managers because the senior players Terry and Lampard didn't like them, um, and you know they just chopped and changed managers left, right, and centre. So. Um, it's going to be a handful for whoever comes in to deal with aging stars, aging world-class stars as well, who probably aren't ready to think that their playing days at the very top level are behind them. Yeah, yeah, that's 
That's a tough one. Uh, I mean, there's, do we really have anything else to add? I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see who's the new manager. But I mean, for now, that's, that's really all there is to report, isn't there? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. And obviously, we're back on Sunday, aren't we? Um, as normal. Um, and we'll see how well that match day goes. And I'd be interested to see what it does to Bayern's title rivals because that will be like a shot in the arm for Hoffenheim and Bayern Munich and, uh, sorry, and um, Bruce Dortmund and everybody else that's challenging. Even Leipzig will get a, a release from this as I hang on, maybe the old empire is rocking and now we can, we might have two or three games, you know including the international break when they come back to try and just get on over Bayern uh, and maybe put a little bit of distance and make it hard for them. So it's going to be an interesting weekend and then international break. Yeah, transition time for Bayern. September 28th, today's the date, September 28th, transition time at Bayern. Uh, every other Bundesliga team would have done this in the summer. Bayern decided to do that now. Um, I, For me, it's... As someone who's grown up and lived in Munich um, most of my life and, you know, have, has followed the club more or less most of my life and very close to the club, this is the first time I've experienced this. Um, and I think this is this is such an interesting period now because we're in such uncharted territory and it will give us a lot to talk about, Chris, over the next two weeks because we'll get to talk about it again on Sunday. We'll get to talk about it then in, I guess, the international break. All of a sudden, we have a good podcast because we can talk about possibly Bayern's new coach and what he's facing. So it's really interesting, really fascinating time, um, uncharted times for us as Bundesliga experts and um, really, really actually a good storyline to follow. Um, you know, the football is also about the stories of the pitch, and this is a good one. <laughs> Ich warte seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's sein Rhythmus, als gäb sein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen. Hi, this is Rachel Fisher. And this is Desi Jenikin. And we host the Hollywood Crime Scene Podcast. We're really excited to tell you about the best Christmas ever on AMC+, where every day feels like Christmas morning. From new holiday favorites like Elf and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation to modern and iconic family classics, you can spend the holiday season opening only the good stuff. And with new series, episodes, movies, and fresh content arriving every week, AMC Plus is the gift that keeps on giving all year long. Sign up today at amcplus.com. AMC Plus, only the good stuff. Imagine if you could shop the shelves of all your local liquor stores at the same time. Well, spoiler alert, you can with Drizzly, the number one alcohol delivery app. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly is giving all new customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code SAVE5 at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. Let's be real. Dealing with tangled cords can make it harder to do your hair. Break free with the new Unbound Cordless Auto Curler from Conair. Get the curls and waves you want anytime, anywhere. 
It's designed to let you experience the power and freedom of beauty in motion. No cords to hold you back. You get your curls and waves your way. Unplug and be unbound. Loose curls, tight curls, beachy waves. The Unbound Cordless Auto Curler makes it easy to get the looks you love. Love your look. Live Unbound. Available at conair.com and search Unbound. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.